All right, class, welcome back for the week th three, chapter three, for uh, human resource management. Start soon. Okay, now, um, we are in a week three, chapter three, and Chapter three, which is called Talent Analytics, the financial impact of HRM activities. Question, this chapter will help managers to answer. First of all, we're gonna take some materials and then we will review, um, bring applications that help us to uh, in, in apply these materials information. So here, the question this chapter will help managers to answer. How can NHR measures improve the talent-related decisions in the organization? If I want to know how much money employee turnover is costing us each year, what factor should I, I take into consideration? How do employee attitude relate to their engagement at work, at customer satisfaction, and their employee intention, intentions? What's the business case for a life work-life program? So here we'll be talking about what's a work-life and then what's a work-life program. We'll talk about customer retention, customer satisfaction, uh, engagement in work, uh, factors that helps in, in minimizing turnovers and whether the turnover is good or bad, all these issues that we need to talk about it in this chapter. First of all, before we start talking about it, first we like to talk about uh, probably uh, collection, uh, big data. Uh, big data is a collection and analysis of the original history created when people shop or surf internet. So when you are surfing the internet, somebody is tracking you from which side to which side, which page to which page. And this is collected as a data in the whomever is looking for it. Does include the tests and measures of aptitude, behaviors, and competencies that employee employer compile about the applicant and the employees. So the big data is you know, it's used for marketing, it's used for sales, it's used for the internal companies, they use it for measuring the aptitude, the behavior, the competency of person. It's also characterized by a volume because it's a lot of it and the speed velocities and different varieties uh, that it's there. So uh, users of a big data seek to extract the insight from the anal analyzing the data. Insight are used to gain a competitive ad advantage in the market. So when you get the insight, you get the inf information, 
you will have a competitive uh, advantage in the market. The challenges in the big data is the senior manager has to embrace the big data, has to understand what's a big data and embrace it and see the benefit in it. Pressing the need to hire data scientists who can find a meaningful pattern in the data and misinterpreting collaboration for causation. So there is a collaboration and there is a causation. Should we, we should differentiate between them. Something causing something or one thing causing two things. These two things are And uh, the, the, the one who's causing that two thing, these two things, is they have a relationship. Information to support competitive and HR is necessary to achieve the organization's strategic objective. In other words, we brought the example of a big ship last time. And to get the big ship moving from point A to B, you need electricity, you need power, you need food, you need manpower. And HR is in charge of manpower, uh, right manpower to have this company reach to this strategic objective. Now, also the competitive strategy decision, the, like a decisions of process and choice that organization make to position themselves in a suitable success. And the HR strategy is decision process and choice organization make regarding how they manage their people. First, after selecting the people, how they need to manage these people, the decision regard of that in order to meet the competitive strategy. Now, there is an approach is called LAMP model. LAMP model components of logic, analytical, or analytics measures and process. Well-grounded logics uh, help leaders outside of HR to understand the, and use the measurement system to enhance the talent-related decisions they make. So we will have some tools that we will show what it, how the logic works out. The analytics is the transform HR logic and measures into rigorous, relevant insight. So you take the logic, the numbers, the facts that you get, and measure into rigorous and relevant for getting the insight information. Measures help uh, managers slice and dice data into a wide variety of ways, and the processes involving using data to influence the key decision makers, like a KPIs, the people who are going to make a decision, and business uh, management. So, if we look at it, uh, lighting uh, the lamp is LAMP stands for logic, the story that connect numbers and outcomes. Causation, in other words. 
So a chart matrix is a force for a strategic change. And start with the logic, which is, we said, the, the story that connect numbers and outcomes. And we said is like a causation, understanding the difference between causation and collaboration. And then you have the data analytics or analytics and then drawing the right conclusion from the data. And you have the measures, which is using the right numbers and the process using the data to influence the decision making. And this is keeps uh, influencing each other until you reach to the right uh, combination. The talent analytics, also known as a HR or workforce analytics, set of quantitative approach that answer the following questions. Uh, like what, what do individual need to know about their organization and workforce? to run the company more effectively. And also, how does one turn that knowledge into action? So there's what do you need as information and how are you gonna use this information to turn it to an action? So there is a quantitative approach use the descriptive, visual, and statistical analysis of data and organization performance along with the external benchmarking, external economic benchmarking to establish the business impact and the enable drive a decision making. You cannot make a decision if you don't measure it with some benchmark. And in this case, you need to do an external benchmarking, find out other company what they do, or the historical benchmarking, which is from the previous uh, events or capturing. Now, with this link, linking investment to employee engagement to a firm level, this is something that you probably need to take a look at it. And this is not much there is self-explanatory, but overall employees experience comes from uh, job challenging and learning, autonomy, supervisor, task support, climate and respect and trust, work-life fit and economic security. Then this will drive the, from high engagement, high job satisfaction and intention to stay. So if you get give the employee this thing, he will be willing to stay gets a high engagement, high job satisfaction. And once he gets a high job satisfaction, highly engaged employee at work unit level, what is gonna result? It will result in the effectively adopt to the change. It's easy for him to adopt because he's interested and devote extra effort and time to innovation and corporate uh, with each other. And that will drive the combined overwork units, which is higher customer satisfaction and higher probability return on investment and increase shareholder values. The way you look at it, if you look from the back, say, if I need to have a higher customer satisfaction, I need a combined overwork units. What's the combined overwork units? You said, okay, I need somebody to be cooperative with each other. I need the company to be like this individual, somebody to devote uh, extra effort to innovation, and you work uh, backward. Now, <clears throat> attitude 
it's something that you might not be uh, able to measure it very well. And uh, you, you might able to, to measure it very well. It's an internal state that focus on a particular aspect or of or objects in the environment. It's including the attitude, including the following, the cognition, the understanding, the knowledge and individual has about a focal project, object, I'm sorry, focal object of the attitude. The emotion and the individual feels toward the focal object and the action tendency or the readiness to respond in a predetermined manner in the, to the focal object. And anyway, when you see somebody, you have a previous knowledge for him and you are focusing on it and the action that you decide according to this understanding, the cognitive understanding that you have of that person, for example. Now, employee's attitude is, if it's good, will job satisfaction improve the employee's attitude? Multi-dimension attitude uh, made of uh, attitudes toward pay, promotion, co-worker supervision, the work itself, and so on. These are all connected. So if you pay well, you get paid well, you are a happy person, you are willing to work very well with your coworker. If you get promoted, uh, you know, uh, you are more keen to be more productive. So these are kind of connected and these are the things that um, HR department and the organization need to look at it to have a multi-dimension attitude. Organization commitment. From the organization commitment, is bond or linkage of an individual to the organization that makes it difficult to leave. So if somebody gets a, a, you know, a good pay, promotion, co-work supervision, and the work itself, interesting, where there is a job satisfaction, then there is a linkage between the individual and the uh, company. Commitment can be to the job or to the firm, and also can be a commitment to contribute or to stay, or could be the both. So it could be to contribute and stay also. Employee attitude, uh, employees, employee engagement. It should be positive, fulfilling, work-related state of mind that is characterized by vigor, dedication, and absorption. Prompt employees to identify with the success of their companies. Whenever there is a success in the company, you make them feel that they are the ones causing that to recommend their companies to other as good place to work. Um, so the other companies, you will go and promote that your company is good and to follow through to make sure problem get identified and solved. Now, managers are interested in the employee's attitude because of the relationship between attitude and behavior. So we can measure the behavior and if it's a bad attitude, will be resulting in a bad behavior as a good attitude. Because Good behavior. Also, 
a bad attitude influence the others if it's positive also for them. So poor job attitude lead to lower the productivities and the organization performance. And behavior costing and employees attitude, behavior costing, which is assumed that the measure of attitude are indicators of subsequent employees' behavior. So um, if you have a bad attitude, you have bad behaviors. If you do a good attitude, you have good behavior. There is a procedures using the cost accounting procedures and they can find the economic, have the economic implication for the uh, organization from driving from a bad attitude to a bad behavior to a bad performance. And this is done through um, this uh, profit, uh, value profit chain, which is, it tells you that effective management practice will derive employee satisfaction. Employee satisfaction will get into innovation, executions, and also will create a customer satisfaction. So in the long-term profitabilities and growth. So you cannot get a customer satisfaction if your employees is not happy. happy. So the, you need to take into consideration like a leadership support, you do frontline supervisor, you do rewards, you do quality of life, you create diversity and engagement, and you have your employees as a customer focus. But this is all driven, if you look at it from the backward, for a long-term and profitability growth, you need a customer satisfaction. And when the customer, there is a satisfaction, uh, cannot be done without the employee satisfaction. And employee satisfaction comes from the effective management practice. Now, there is a star management model, five-star management model. Focus on extending the same respect to employees as managers do to their external customers. So when you are respecting the external customer because they are your customer, you need also to um, you know, respect your employees. And it can be applied to any type of company structure or business model. Giving the business-wide discretion in actual implementation is a flexible, the principles are, one, you ensure that the leaders offer a direction and support to the employees, strengthen the frontline supervisor, give them more authorities, you give them rewarding for the performance, addressing employees, the quality of life, what kind of quality of life you, you need uh, as an employee uh, should be happy, and include employee by engaging them in leveraging diversities. So you utilize them in a different diversities. Compromise employees' attitude as they reflect the employee's satisfaction in engagement. So once again, even if you come with a positive attitude and there is not much engagement, not much satisfaction, eventually come with, become a negative attitude. And the vice versa is true. Once people are not happy, one of the sites that you're going to see the absenteeism. And absenteeism means any failure of any employee to report to, for, or to remain at work as scheduled regardless of the reason. 
So they not they looking for you know skip the work or not to stay the work. And this is cost. There is a cost money in it, which is direct cost include effect actual uh, benefit paid to the employees if they're skipping the work, and indirect cost which is reflect the reduced productivities. And here, where is the figure? It says the logic of employee absentees, how the absenteeisms create costs. So it's, it's a process of creating, you know, create costs. You, you go with, does the job allow the employee to set the time he or she works? Now, if it's yes, then there is no absenteeism because you are setting employee, setting up his work and timing. And what time is deliverance? Because this is a probably could be a task oriented and time oriented. If it's no, then the job pivotal to important importance. Is his job important for such as do the others have the cover? Do they have to cover that? Must the process be stopped? Uh, delays in the important empty. These questions that you need to answer as an HR in order to come up with the next step, which is if it's no, then incur costs that are not significant. So whatever he's doing, and if it's not effective, it's no, incur costs is not significant. But if it's yes, then you move to the next step, incur actual and opportunity costs, and then you do all the rest of the calculation, which is, are the costs acceptable? If it's no, then it means, uh, you know, you, what absentees reduction program will address. Uh, but if it's acceptable, then it's, it, it is fine. And, uh, you know, you don't need a, a program to minimize or mitigate the absentees. Um, the total estimated of employee absentees, as we said, that can be done as a cost accounting, and you need to compute the total employee hours lost to absentees. And you just want to take a look at that quickly. You don't need to do any calculation. You just need to understand the steps of how it's done. And if you can have a, you know, if you can practice on it, that's fine. But overall, uh, the, this is done by cost accounting. Uh, now, beside the absenteeism, we have the turnover. Turnover means a cure when the employee just leaves the organization for permanent. And the rate of turnover equal number of turnover incidents per year divided by the average workforce multiplied by 100. So if you have a 50 and uh, 5% uh, you know, quit, uh, I mean, five people quit out of the 50, that means 10 percent, uh, you divide the numbers multiplied by 100. But there is two types of turnovers. There is a type that's controllable, which is voluntary on the part of the employee. He just leave or they ask him to leave. And there is an uncontrollable, uh, which is caused by retirement, death, or a spouse transfer maybe functional or dysfunctional. 
functional employees' uh, departure produce a benefit for the organization. So if the employee leave, because, you know, the business is weak or, you know, reductions or something like that, and you need to basically uh, reduce the number of this is a functional or there, you know, can be replaced easily. When it's dysfunctional, is department employee is someone that organization would like to retain, to keep it. And this person, when it's leave, it will affect the organization. Now, component of turnover cost. When you somebody is quitting or you're firing him, there is cost involved in it. First, you have to do separation costs, like uh, exit costs, administration function related to administration costs, separation pay costs, and uh, employment, increase unemployment uh, uh, taxes, because you have to pay the employment and the government has to collect it to pay uh, uh, layoff people. And then you have the replacement costs. So we have the separation costs, and then you, you bring somebody replacing him, which is called the replacement cost, which is you need to communicate job availability in the market and re-employment administration function, take all these process and entrance interview. Testing and share the other types of assessment procedures, uh, staff meeting, travel and moving expenses. These are all expenses for the new employee. And post-employment acquisition and dissemination of information and also medical examination, all these costs of getting new employee. Now, the second part of the hiring person, you get a training cost which is informational literature, a new employee orientation time that you're gonna spend, instruction in a formal training program could be an instruction by employer ass assignments. So you give them an instruction how you're supposed to do that, you give them the company supposed to work, uh, new employee orientation, and informal literatures that you need to give them. More cost of lost productivities and loss of business. Cost of additional overtime to cover the vacancy. So somebody is leaving, you have to cover it. And to cover it, you need to pay overtime, one and a half or whatever. Cost of additional temporary help, wages and benefits. Save due to the vacancies, you need to look at these. You might be saving. Cost of reduced productivity while the employee is learning on the job. So he is just not being productive. He's just in a stage of learning. Cost of lost productivity time due to the low morale of remaining employees. So somebody is quitting, other will have a low morale because they feel like this person is leaving and the company is closing down or whatever the reason. Cost of loss of customer, cost of sales goes high and the profit due to the departure. Uh, cost of additional related employees departure. So there is a cost associated 
when one person is leaving the organization. Now, total cost of turnover is sum of the separ uh, sum of separation, the sum of replacement, and sum of the training costs. So these are three costs that you need to sum up uh, in order to calculate the turnover. The, propose, the purpose of measuring turnover costs is to improve the management decision, whether they need to come up with ideas, way of keeping these people, or just let them go and replace them. This cost of replacement has to be calculated. If it's a significant, we need to put, uh, uh, you know, some measurements to keep these people. If it's not, then it's okay. Manager can use the turnover figures to choose between accepting current turnover costs and instituting some type of turnover reduction strategies. Now, turnover reduction strategy, it could be anticipating who might be leaving, taking into the account the critically of his or her skill set and taking action to prevent that the department departure. It's also providing a realistic job review and holding the manager and supervisor accountable for retention. Because not always the company's fault it could be the manager or the supervisor fault somebody's leaving. And mostly that conducting and following up on employee survey and instituting merit-based reward to retain high performance. So we always do a survey um, about the salary, whether they're happy in the core, in the work. The, at, so you keep conducting such surveys there also. Is employee turnover good or bad for an organization? This is an, an optional like you need to do the calculation estimation and find out for as a manager or supervisor for that and then you do an action regarding so the condition under which reducing employees turnover tend to have the largest effect and the turnover because the uh, turnover costs are high and reducing turnover can save those costs so why are you trying to reduce the turnover? Because the turnover is high, costing more. Uh, so you need to save costs. The other thing, those are leaving are much more valuable than their replacement. So you bring in a new person who doesn't know that much. Uh, so it's more the older one is more valuable. It depends on the task itself. And then uncertainty about the availability or the quality of replacement. So if somebody is leaving, you're not sure whether you're going to find somebody who can replace it well and does have the same qualities. So condition under which, and the other option, condition under which the increasing employee turnovers tend to have the largest effect. Um, when Turnover costs are low and reducing turnover saves are little. When it's, uh, you know, somebody is quitting, it doesn't cost the organization that much. And when it's uh, reducing the turnover, 
does not save you that much because you're gonna put a plan, you get increased payment, you make happy, easy going. There's lots of cost according as we said in the previous slide. Those leaving are uh, are not much valuable than their replacement. The replacement can come easily to replace those people who are leaving and certainty about the availability or, or quality of replacement exists. And definitely if this person leave, somebody will come with the same quality or better can come in and replace it. So if it's the turnover cost is high and you don't wanna, you know, people leave, then you create some kind of a work life program and you balance this. And there is so many options that you can do. And one of them is probably employer-sponsored benefit or working conditions that help employees manage work and work demands, like a, you know, health benefit, uh, insurance, uh, accident insurance, whatever. These are things that, uh, uh, you know, work-life programs. The other things like a child and dependence care benefit flexible working conditions, leave options, you give them a leave options, information service, um, and HR policies, a clear one, and supporting supportive organizational culture. Here, once again, logic of work-life program, whether you wanna reduce yourself from the bottom or we start from the top, we'll start from the top. It says employer investment in work-life program benefit, condition, flexible information and resources. This done through the will result in the communication, better communication, training culture and supervisor support. And eventually employees achieve a great work and life balance, which is drives that reduces stress and burnout and conflict. And eventually will improve the satisfaction, commitment, and engagement, and each one of them, if there is improved satisfaction, commitment, and engagement, would be a better recruiting and improved staffing. You have less absentees, absence people, and reduced absentees cost. You will have a lower turnover and reduced turnover cost eventually. And you have a better work and career behavior and you increase the performance services. Now, once again, you can do it from the bottom to up. So in order to, uh, for example, to reduce the absentees cost, you need a less absentees. And in order for you to have a less absentees, you need to improve the satisfaction, the commitment and the engagement of the employees. But to do that is you need to lower the stress and burnout and conflict within the organization. So as we said, you can do uh, from top to the bottom or drive. If somebody asks you how I'm gonna reduce the turnover, increase my performance and services, you tell them, well, to increase your performance and services, you need a better work and better career behaviors. And to get that, you need an improved satisfaction, commitment and engagement from the employees. but you cannot receive to get the improvement satisfaction and commitment if you are not reducing the stress and burnout. So as we said, you do a backward to reach to this or this will result to this, something like that. Now, 
Dependent care benefit, for example, when you do a paid or unpaid leave, uh, you do a dependent care assistance plan for from sometimes it's a tax free or tax deductible form of, of flexible spending account that provide a tax free vehicle for employee to pay for a certain dependent care expenses, dependent care referral services, you do the on site child care or backup, you do a backup. So these are all dependent care benefit type of dependent care benefits. Um, the financial uh, effects of dependent care, the caregiver for, for example, for children or elder can affect the employee's productivity, attendance, healthcare costs, and turnover. As we said, so he can, if he has a child and he's in a daycare, you, the, the mother and the father are now worried, so they're more focused at where they work. For example, if they need to go and take care of their children, then they have to, so you lose this thing, uh, benefits of it. So the child care program impact the, uh, has a uh, good uh, effect on absenteeism, reduce it, uh, keep the retention, and it's a good return on investment. But to do that, you need to do the calculation to show that to the on investment there. Employee considering offering child care should understand that the child care service delivery, they should understand the cost of care and service availabilities and what is available in the local market and any challenges it's present. So they need to do the calculation. They need to see the benefit of it and what's available in, in, in the market in order to for the management or the employee makes a decision. Business case for offering child care should consider by employer always, if there is a benefit in it. So there is a financial and non-financial effect in it, uh, in the work flexibilities. And in, in, in other words, you don't need to keep person if he's not, uh, does needed and you give him the flexibility he becomes more productive in work in as according to his hours and at the same time you can keep him uh, whenever there is a work also now back to the work life uh, program there is a three prone strategy to secure buy-in how i'm going to make as an hr making management buy into this work life program first making a business case for work-life initiative through data, research, and evidence. Offering to a train manager on using a flexible management approach. So this is one of the things that you need to make the managers have more flexibility and juggle between hours and duties and work deliveries for his employees. And also using surveys and focus group to demonstrate the importance of work life fit to retain talented. So you, you, a manager would not accept it and some of them would not accept it even if in the, in the real case, in, in, unless you demonstrate that for them. So a caution in making a business case for work life program is Recognize that no one set of facts and figures will make the case for all firms. 
In other words, if you promote a child care, there is, you have some single people who don't care about it because they don't have children, for example. And the second thing, do not rely on isolated fact to make the business case. So don't say, well, this person is happy about the work. What about this person who doesn't have a child? And recognize that some decision makers may be skeptical even after all the facts and costs has been presented to them. So they can be skeptical, and we will talk later, they could be, um, you know, not according to the uh, company's policies or the country's policies also. Now, the, the other part, the financial effects of collaboration and sharing knowledge. Global competition and the rapidly changing financial environment are driving the need to innovate constantly and effectively. So you always have to come uh, into the spirit of innovation and working effectively. So ability to develop and share the insight has become an increasingly important element to, of a competitive advantage. And measuring the return on investment from innovation and knowledge sharing is one of the most difficult activities to conduct and to justify. So for the HR, here's a challenge you cannot really, it's very difficult to justify that part of it, but you can justify it. So in general, what we talked about it so far, we talked about talent, we could talk about um, uh, big data, competitive strategy, HR strategy, we used the word LAMP, talent analytics and the logic diagrams we spoke about, uh, attitudes, where's the job satisfaction, how the uh, organization commitment, how we manage the absenteeism, is there is a turnover, how we do we need to take care of the turnover or not. And we talked about the life, work-life programs that's available that you can do. Also looking at the dependent care assistant plan and return on the investment where the management need to look at when they do the, such an investment. Now, the next step we will talk about is bringing these uh, software applications into the HR. And the first one, what we're looking at is a business intelligent and business analysis or BI and BA. So BI stands for business intelligent and BA stands for business analysis. Decision making, whether in HR or business, doesn't matter. So here we're talking only HR from HR point of view. So decision making in business is used to be limited to the management. Now, today the lower employees are also responsible for some of these decisions. And information system make information available to lower level of the business also. Because it's not only the top manager makes the decision, also the middle manager and the supervisor have to make these decisions also. Now, there is three type of uh, decisions. There is unstructured decisions, semi-structured and structured. So structures is usually done by the supervisor or line managers, and usually it's set up by the rules and regulations, semi-structured by middle manager, and mostly unstructured 
it means it doesn't drive you to, for me, you have to drive it, the information. You have to drive, uh, draw your conclusion in it. Now, the decision-making process stage, there is a stage that's intelligent, collecting information, designing. How do you look at this information? And then you make the choice, and then once you make the choice, you do the implementation for that choice. The real-world decision-making usually has information quality. You need to look at the quality of the information that you can collect. There is a management filter. There is some bias in the management that they're not looking at this information with a passion, or they don't see. This is a filter set up in their mind from all the people. And there is organization bureaucratics and politics that you management cannot um, make a decision out of this bureaucratics and politics that they have in the organization. So note, at the foundation of all these decision support systems are the business intelligence and the business analytics. So any decision you want to make, there is, has to be one or two of these business intelligence and business analytics infrastructure that supplies the data as an analytical tool for supporting decision-making. So we spoke in the beginning of the class, big data and the big data is useless if, if you don't have tools that extract the causation and the coloration information from all these big data. And also how, what if analysis, all these will be talking about it in the next few slides. So what's a BI and BA? What's a business intelligence business? There are two apps which integrating all the information within the organization produced by the firm into one single coherent enterprise wide of data. So they collect all these data and then you, they using it, they create modeling and statistical analysis tool and data mining tools to make sense out of all data in order to support decision making. For example, you've seen lots of turnovers in this city and that city, and you know, you check which city is getting the high turnover, and this is, comes from the data that you are collecting, and these data converting to business intelligence and then business analysis, and also business analysis. And accordingly, you find the solution for this. Now, the business intelligent environment usually has six elements. The data from the business environment that comes from the data, this uh, business intelligent infrastructures, the hardwares and all these things, business tool analysis tool set, apps that sits on the top, uh, managerial users or methods, how the managers is using it and how the, when they use it, Delivering platform like a decision support system or executive support system, and there is a, a, a user interface like a mobile tablet and PCs. So these are the six elements that you need in order to have a BI. Now the BI delivers six analytic functionalities. So you need six of them to get this and deliver six for you. If you get the six in, you get this six up. First, you can have a production report on individual or a group or a location. You can parameterize it, reports. 
So it's like some countries, some cities, or some sectors. You have you can have it on the dashboard and scoreboard. You also can report a, uh, do a report creation, ad hoc queries. You can do a search. Yeah, you can have a drill down and forecast and scenario of models. And we will talk about each one of them. So the business intelligent analytics functionalities is a production report and predefined report based on the industry specific requirement. And the parameterized report where users enter several parameters to get the information out. So you select that country, that sector, in the old countries or that country, or everything, or you know, you parameterize it. Then you have a dashboard and scoreboard, so you can see the process and the progress and how you know all these information. If the numbers of turnover goes high, it shows on your dashboard and the scoreboard also. And there is ad hoc research you always can create. Uh, you know, a report based on the queries and research. So you just want to have a report done to, to show it to your supervisors and the management. There is what you call a drill down, which is one of the six, is the ability to move from the higher level to more detailed level. So in this company, in this city, uh, people are there's a high turnover. Then you can drill down which department is having a high turnover. Then you can drill, drill down what type of work is causing, I mean, um, having high turnover, something like that. So you drill, drill down to the details. Business analytic uh, intelligent functionalities is you can also it takes that data, the moves of the data, and you can create the forecast, the scenarios. The model can perform perform a linear forecasting, or you know, what if analysis scenario, or you do a data analysis standard for the statistical tools. So that's the BI. Just to take a look at an example of BI and BA that's used in the mid-size to large-size companies, you get usually many. BI uh, in business analysis. And uh, usually you get um, probably in the sales, marketing, manpower, sale, uh, inventory, finance, all these are tools that you can utilize. There is a setup report and you can create, they have over a hundred standard reports in one of the smallest is a mid-size application, but you can have a lot of report. And if there is a report you don't like, you can they can customize more report for you. But you can have as a standard a click in, could you have eight type of reports? Marketing can have nine, for example, HR can be created and specialized one. So they have kind of a bedroom quality report is very well done, organized, scheduled, or on demand. So you, you can, by one click, you can get the report, or you can have a one report every month, every week, something like that. It could be in the field of HTML, PDF, Excel sheet. It's convenient, easy to get it, and secure access 
through the portal, it could be a separate database from the core application. So you can have the core application and you can separate it to better so you, this data, ABI and BA goes and extract this data from, uh, not from the core, probably from the database if it's necessary, or the other apps involved. But to do that, why are you doing this? Because one of the things that managers are always involved with is a KPI or key performance indicators, which is are the major, the uh, measure the proposed by scenario manager, management, senior management for understanding the firm is performing along any given day. So you put numbers, if the sales went that level, it means the, the KPI has been reached or surpassed and it's below that, the KPI key performance hundred, that's for the sales. If the turnover, so if you have 10 people turnover yearly, that's okay. If it's more, that should be flagged and shows why, so we need to take care of it, something like that. So turnover sometimes is good, but then turns to be bad or it's bad, then turns to be good. So these are need to set the KPI, the key performance. Uh, the other application that, uh, which is why we have the KPI and BI and uh, BA is to improve the business process management, which is one of the main tasks of HR also, or they call BPM. And the business process management is attempt to systematically translate a firm strategy such as differentiation. You want to do a differentiation than others. So, or you have to have a lower cost production or market share growth into operational tar target. So all the BI and BA and BPM will help to meet the KPI, which is could be lower cost production, market share growth or operational or differentiation. KPI and BPM, one of the strategies and targeted identified a set of KPI are developed that measure the progress toward the target. BPM get developed according if it's necessary. So you look at the BPI, uh, KPI, whether it's met or not, then you adjust your BPM and how you're gonna adjust your BPM by looking at the uh, BA and BI. In general, BA, BI, BPM is a process execution. like it would be looking at the BPM when you look at the workflow, automation, application integration, and business rule to improve it. The analysis and optimization. Next, a few chapters down the road, we will be talking more about BPM, especially. And there is analysis and optimization. You have a dashboard, you're looking at improvement or disapprovement, you do the analytics, whatever analysis. You look at the performance management, whether they are going to the, reaching the KPIs or lower than key performance subject or going the wrong way. And you do some stimulation, whatever I increase more salaries, what I give them, you know, option of uh, taking flexible hours, what if I give them uh, incentive, something like that. And you keep round tripping and check this whatever analysis. The business intelligence and business uh, analysis and BPM is designed, design and development for, in a way, it could be a graphic modeling, 
So they can look at it in the pie chart or Gantt chart and shows the business process, how it's done. And there was a simulation between them. There is a mon monitoring and management. Usually in the HR department, one or two people is in charge of this totally. Uh, Real-time dashboard, they look at it and they look at creating reports also. So this is the end of the chapter. Now I just want to show you one more thing. Um, I created two things. One is a Facebook, which is I will be announcing it. And uh, you need to go and join me in the Facebook. It's a good place where you collaborate, you start talking to each other, understand each other, be friends as a class. And all the guys with your group will be there, hopefully. The second thing that I created is the fact that uh, I did create of something called dashboard uh, padlet and in the padlet what i'm looking for is that you need to go to the i will send you the link and you need to go to the your site and once you click on it there is a question try to answer it and have your comments there uh, and when you see somebody else comment you try to comment to that answer and it's a good way of collaboration having all this information. In this question that we have, we say if we have to select software as an HR for your company, which one will choose and why? BI business intelligence, BA as a, or business process application, because there is some application that we did not talk detail on the BPMs, okay? So these are the three. You probably wanna say, okay, I wanna start with BI or BA, and then you have to say, why you want to do such a thing. So this is a good place to collaborate, to make more understanding. If you have a question, you have an answer, it's a good place to have you know, people talking to each other also. It doesn't mean me to you, it could be everybody uh, involved in it. So by now we finish the chapter uh, three and I wish you good luck. And, and please go, by the way, you've done a wonderful job by doing the assignment. I mean, it's not an assignment, it's a class activities. I've enjoyed reading it, lots of them, big class, but uh, I try to read as much as I can. And you, you try to, you know, get into the Facebook and get into, uh, in, you know, the add, uh, try to request that I add you and then everybody can come in and start utilizing this Facebook because one day you're going to meet or you're going to stay in a communication and you need to work as a group in some assignment. Um, you have a nice day and bye-bye. Uh,